morning. Oh, there we go. There I am. Good to see you all again. Alright, set up here. Okay. Well, um, like I said, I'm Zach and that's my wife Candace over here. Um, some of you might be thinking, wasn't he just here? Um, sorry, but I'm back. Um, and like Rob mentioned, we are still in the process of going. Um, disclaimer, real quick, just as we kind of get into things, is um, we won't be mentioning names, locations, or um, people groups, just for security's sake, since we're online this morning. Um, but if you're curious afterwards, I'll tell you all of the nitty gritty. It'd be great. Um, so just be aware of that. And yeah, so we're going to go over today just um, kind of some updates on um, our ministry that God has called us to, kind of where we're at in our process, um, what's happening in our field, give you guys some more context for the work happening there, which is pretty exciting. Um, then we're going to God's Word a little bit, which is always the best part, right? Um, also, just a, um, Rob mentioned it, but afterwards we're going to have um, lunch in the gym over here. So if you're just hungry, maybe, or want to come talk to us even, but mainly hungry, that'll be over there. Um, we'll be happy to talk to you guys, and you can see our kids. They'll play, run around, and do something weird because they're kids. But um, it's great to be here with you guys today. So we're going to launch into things. Um, so we got our little sign here from Oregon to Africa. We started this process um, back in 2019. And when we were living in Oregon, we're now in Idaho, but we still keep the title because that's where we started. Um, but yeah, so we go to the next slide there. Um, just real quick, that's this photo of our kids. So that's, you know, who they are when you see them. Um, and obviously Kansas here, you can meet her afterwards. She's wonderful too. And unfortunately, you have to hear me speak. She's much better at speaking than I am. Um, but we'll go to the next slide. So we are with Pioneer Bible Translators. Um, we took over support with the guys from Steve and Becky Overland, who were amazing people, and we're just trying our best to fill their shoes. Um, but Pioneer Bible is a wonderful organization. Um, as the name implies, they have a focus on Bible translation, um, but they're also a church planning organization. And so the, the focus of Pioneer Bible Translators, um, you may know this already, but just kind of refresh you. I'm going to go to the next slide there. Um, the mission of Pioneer Bible is to disciple the Bibleists, to, to mobilize God's people to provide enduring access to God's word, continual access, to have the scriptures available to them in their language, where they're at, to use it for generations and generations. And the vision, the hope, as it always is a ministry, is to see transformed lives through God's word. In Pioneer Bible, that's in every language. Um, in Pioneer Bible, we focus primarily on the um, churchless, Bibleist, unreached people groups. Um, kind of the people groups that are and kind of in the nooks and crannies of the world still, um, which is kind of who we work with as well. Um, so that's kind of the, the ministry in general. Um, in a whole, Pioneer Bible works with over 180 million people um, in over 2,000 remaining languages um, with no scripture um, and often no church. So they're suffering the, the greatest spiritual poverty remaining in, in our world to this day. Um, and we're being working with a small portion of that, but it's um, something we're very passionate about, something we're very excited about to be a part of, and this is a great organization to facilitate that work that they're doing. And so for us, God has called us to a ministry that he's prepared for us. I mean, it's not our ministry that we're doing. We're not super special, but it's, it's his work that he's called us into. And so that next slide there. Um, is, it's called Scripture Impact, and we refer to the area that we work in as Nile Africa because of the Nile River that runs through the countries we work in. Um, that's just kind of the region of the world we're in, kind of Northeast Africa. And um, we'll get into the particulars of what the scripture impact term means. It's an organizational term, so don't be too curious about it. It's not too fancy. Um, but Nile Africa, we work with a people group who are refugees from a country where they, they fled to a southern country. 
This is a, a Muslim um, background people group. Um, and we work in a refugee camp of over 150,000 people, uh, made up of over seven language groups, um, people groups within that. So it's a lot of people. Um, but what's amazing about our situation is that, is that this is a people group who, um, prior to conflict in their country in 2011, so over a decade ago now, um, they were not accessible to, to most missionaries. Um, a few of them were, but for most of these people groups, they were difficult to reach. There was a lot of resistance. It was just kind of hard to get to. But now they're available in these locations um, for really traumatic reasons, but they are available to us to minister among, which is just very exciting for us to have the opportunity to um, be with them during this time um, for however long they are, they are refugees for, um, which might be for, for a while still. Um, but what we do, this, this job is scripture impact. Um, like I mentioned, um, Pioneer Bible isn't just Bible translators. Um, they are made up of also church planners, um, disciple makers, um, literacy specialists teaching people how to read, people who survey languages, and people who do um, um, counseling for, for trauma, for the kind of the, the things experienced in these contexts that are very, um, very intense. And, and the goal of Empire in the Bible, as, as they combine those things, is that um, translation is only a, a part of the end goal. Translation is a hugely important work. We need scripture available in people's languages so they can, they can use it, they can share it, they can, they can find God in the scriptures. Um, but it's only part of it. Because we all have Bibles here, right? We all have a lot of Bibles. Um, but I know for me at one point, I had a shelf with like a lot of Bibles and I didn't touch a lot of them. You know, I used one or two of them or maybe three of them, but a lot of them just kind of sat there. And for a lot of people, they don't know how to use scripture. They don't know how to, to, to read it even. And so when we go to these people groups, we don't want to translate scripture and bring them a book. We want to bring them God's word to be able to be nourished by, by the food of the word. Um, so we want to teach them how to use scripture. So scripture impact is just referring to the impact of scripture upon people's lives. To see that it changed them, transformed them, to continue to know who God is, to be able to share it with their friends and their families, to transform their communities. That's kind of what we focus on, is, is sharing scripture with them. Um, we have partners in our area where we work um, who do the translation process, who are super intelligent people, much smarter than I will ever be, um, they do that really hard work, and I get the easy job of just sharing God's word, which is great. Um, but the goal is that we, we share scripture with people, and we help them explore God's word um, through oral means all times, as scripture is being translated until we have um, written material to share with them. We'll use oral storytelling to share um, stories from scripture that they might be kind of familiar with, since Islam and Christianity have some kind of overlapping stories, different versions, right? But some overlapping kind of names and places. Um, and we have the opportunity to do that. And, and they can say, wow, if this, is, if this is God's word that you're telling me about, like, what does that really mean for what I've, I've been told this whole time? And kind of help them explore that. And our hope is to kind of see them come to Christ and, and form church with other believers and, and share that word in their community. And so with, within our work, um, we can go to the next slide. Um, and then can go to the next one actually after that. So our, our whole thing with what we do is we want to see um, with our ministries, by engaging people with translated scripture, that whole process. We want to make disciples who make disciples, who plant churches, who plant churches, to um, empower these people to um, have scripture among them to, to impact their communities for Christ, to share scripture and, and to leave that lasting impact for the kingdom. That's what our hope is for our work. It's, it's a long process, right? This is kind of like the 
to 5,000 feet and you know, look at the whole thing. There's a lot of details, a lot of years that are going into this. Um, this is what we hope to do um, among these people groups. Um, and I'll give you some updates about our, our field in, in general here in a little bit. Um, but I really, I really want to kind of flesh this out because when we talk about um, this whole idea of scripture impact and um, disciple making and whatnot with pioneer Bible translators, people kind of often, they kind of hear one thing sometimes. By no fault, it's kind of like you hear Bible translators, pioneer Bible translators, and it's kind of like the overtone is Bible translation. And so a lot of times like, oh, like, so you're not a Bible translator. It's like, well, no. And like I mentioned, there's, there's kind of like a combination of a process there. But I think Bible translation is such like a, a huge process. It's so important and so long and painstaking. Um, and it really is a wonderful thing, but I think sometimes um, we kind of stop sometimes at the, the goal of Bible translation thinking that you know, once scripture is there, it's going to, to be done. Like we've kind of brought scripture. Because let me ask you this question. What have you experienced with discipleship in your life? Is it your Sunday school classes maybe? Um, maybe you had an older person in your life who took under the wing and, and kind of taught you, had some coffees with them at different times. Maybe your parents walked you through scripture, taught you about who Jesus was, imparted the word to you. Maybe you know, you've kind of read some books as your discipleship. In our modern age, um, we kind of have a different context of what discipleship means. And in some ways, we don't really know what it means. You kind of hear this word tossed around in church. You know, we need to be disciples and we're discipling each other and kind of our context is like, all right, read, read scripture and go to church. That's kind of, sometimes maybe kind of where that falls. But when we, when we look at scripture, when we look at the story of Jesus with his disciples, you know, what do you, what do you see with Jesus? The master, right? What do we see with him? We see him walking with his disciples day in, day out, teaching them. Who is God? Who is Jesus? What is the kingdom? What is the worth of the kingdom? What if we thought like kingdom people? How would we start acting different in this community who is supposedly God's people? And he, he taught them and he helped them think through the different things in their life that they thought they knew best. Because people in Jesus' time, they had all the scripture. They had, they had a whole community. Even, even back when America was like a Bible Christian nation, um, predominantly. More so than that, they, they were saturated with God's word. They, people grew up in school learning the Torah. They knew scripture. And even then, they needed Jesus to come and tell them, what did it really mean? What did God's law really mean when it came to Moses and his people? What did the liberation of the, the Jews in Egypt really represent? They needed that help because, I mean, they're just, they're just humans, Right? They're only able to see so far into God's wisdom because God's way is much higher than ours. And scripture, like I mentioned, it's, it's, it's hard to use sometimes. For a lot of people, knowing how to use their Bible every day and like understand even things like in Revelation, Isaiah, can be just kind of like, that's some tough stuff, right? And it helps to have that person or people to help you understand what God's word is, is, is seeking, what it's, what it's wanting. And that's what we, we want to do, is to continue that process of discipleship that Jesus really intended for us to have. Now, I don't, I don't think we're all going to like live together in a commune and you know, walk each day and you know, live in the same house and talk about stuff, but the goal is, is to walk alongside each other in life, to build each other up, to edify each other, to call each other out, you know, call out when we're not 
living according to God's word and bring each other back. I had a guy um, who I met um, a little over 10 years ago now in 2012 in West Africa. His name is Ibrahim. And he was a, um, a national in the country who was hired to help in the translation process for the missionaries. So he, you know, he's helping them kind of go through words and figure out you know, what word do you use for the idea of grace and kind of sort that, all that stuff out. And he'd been with them for a while and he had kind of been coming around with the idea of it. You know, it was a Muslim community and he was Muslim, but he'd been exposed to scripture a lot through this process. And we got to sit with him one day, me and my, um, my other intern mates on this trip. We were there for about three months. And we were just chatting with him because he's kind of in this like kind of middle phase a little bit and trying to get kind of just to see where he is and hear his experience with the translators. And it came to a point where um, he, he began to express like, I can't help but know this is true. Like I, I, I see this and I hear it and it's not like anything I've ever heard. Like, and I know it's true. But, but he was afraid because um, as you may know, like in these communities, there's a lot of social pressure to leave um, the faith of their family, to leave Islam. It's a big deal, and there's a lot of um, ostracization that happens, and sometimes backlash loss. His land might get taken away, or people won't help him with his land, and it's going to um, decay. And he, he was afraid, because he didn't know what to do. He didn't want to lose his kids, because his wife was Muslim, and he knew if he came out being Christian, like, and believe that, it would be kind of a thing. And, you know, I, we were there for a little bit. He didn't really make a big decision while we were there. And, and I haven't heard from him since then. It was kind of just a short trip. But what I knew in that moment when I was talking to him is, is what he could really use, and hopefully that happened with the missionaries after we left, is someone to keep walking with him. To be able to look in scripture. Look at the cross. And, that, and help him pursue and realize like, the worth of it. That wasn't just like an idea. And I sort through those issues of, of, of what, is, what does the cost really mean? Is it really worth it? How do I, how do I persevere and love my family when they do these things if I go that route kind of thing? And that's discipleship, right? Is that, that process, the walking with someone through the process of being a disciple. Because it's not always easy, especially in some of these contexts, to be a disciple. So it's, it's important. And I just want to emphasize that because it, it is, translation is necessary, but there's two parts to it. We can't just stop at translation. Because they need more than just, just the, the word physically available. And that is in no way, I, I don't want to express anything bad. That's in, in no um, devaluing of that work, right? That's very important, and I can't do that because <laughs> I'm not that smart. Um, it's hugely valuable, but there's a two-part process. Within Pioneer Bible, that is, that is actually the vision of a translation project. Translation is complete when scripture is present and being used in a community. There is a church that can use it, that can disciple others, that can reach our communities. That is a full translation. Otherwise, we're just kind of stopping before we hit the goal. So that's what we're doing in this place that is, is very difficult. And we're going to kind of get into some of those things in a little bit as we kind of speed along. Um, but I just want to paint the picture for you because it is important to understand what we're doing uh, and why it's, that's significant. And hopefully you guys catch that. Um, I just kind of give some updates about what's happening in our, in our fields. And this ties in what we just talked about. There, there is things happening. People are seeking God's word. So I'll give you some updates on kind of what's happened so far. And it's, it's just really exciting how God is positioning us to impact these people with scripture. Um, 
and like I mentioned, there are, are seven people groups where we work. And our team so far, um, are, which is primarily translators and some literacy specialists, um, they work among primarily three people groups. And one people group um, already has scripture in their language from, from the past. Um, but the, one of the people groups they're primarily working with, they just published the book of Matthew this past year, which is incredible. The, f the first full book of scripture for this language group. And their hope is that by the end of this next year, within the next year, to publish the book of, of Genesis as well. To kind of, kind of have those bookends of the beginnings of Testaments, which is just a wonderful thing to have happen. Um, among these people groups, there are our churches and believers. Um, again, they are unreached um, by number because they, it's still a small portion, but we are seeing some churches that have arisen in these people groups, which is encouraging to see that happen, to see God's word moving amongst these people groups. Um, and that's been primarily in the people group that already has scripture. And we're kind of seeing that start beginning in some of the other people groups. Um, we have a partner organization who is um, working on a project with a fourth people group. But we're kind of coming in and having the opportunity to help with the printing of, of scripture and to help figure out how to do outreach with them with, with scripture, which is very exciting for us. Um, we, our team has hopes to establish a discipleship education center pretty soon within the people groups. And we are hoping to actually survey through our translators another people group to start working with um, within the next year. And so a lot of that is part of the translation stuff I'm sharing with you guys, just because I want you to see what's happening in this area. That God is, is moving. There's a lot of work to be done amongst this huge population. And what we love about our work, seeing that all these things bubble up, is that one day these people are going to start going home, back to their country, kind of slowly. And we have this amazing opportunity. We are uniquely positioned among seven language groups to impact them. So when they do go home, when they go to their families, when they finally return, they're not just going back. They're going back as new people. Not, not back as citizens of their country, but citizens of the kingdom. And we have this, this amazing opportunity. Um, but it's, it's a challenge. Um, it's a challenge where we work. Um, I'll give you kind of some updates of kind of where we're at in the process go with that. Um, so go to the next slide there. So in, in, the, in the past three or so years, we, we did all this training. We, we spent time in Texas. We had some college courses. We, um, what am I saying? we, we, we visited the field um, and saw where we were going to work and, and sought God's will and where to go in that area and found confirmation there. And right now we're just, we're just raising funds is where we're at. Um, and as I kind of explain this next piece, it kind of goes for our whole team to kind of just emphasize it. it is a challenging area where we are going. Um, so we're just raising funds at this point. That's kind of the stage that we're in. Forever long God has us in that stage. Um, we don't have a date of departure set until we are more fully funded. Um, so we're just kind of um, hammering away at that point until we get there. Um, on the next slide here, um, this shows kind of where we're at with that part. Give you guys this in context. Um, our launch fund, um, we're about 85%. Um, we're a little farther than that, just a little bit. Um, but we're getting pretty close to being funded on those one-time push costs to get overseas. Um, and our, our main work is in our monthly costs. Um, right now we're at close to 55% on that. Um, our fields, and I'll show you some photos um, here in a minute. Um, it's a tough area. Um, sticker shock, here it comes. Um, it's $11,000 a month for a family to live over there. Um, yes, it's a lot. And I, I, hear, I heard some wow, I was like, oof. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> um, it's a lot of money. 
Um, and that's because of the just the remoteness of the area and the, the poverty and lack of infrastructure and inflation and travel costs and everything um, make it so expensive to travel within there. Um, a third or less of that cost is our actual living expenses. The rest of that's all operational and, and ministry. So it's, you know, it's not for our Lamborghinis or anything like that. Um, I told, told Jim we're actually going to Florida and building a house down there. He doesn't know about it. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's all for the ministry um, for the most part. But it's, it's a lot. And when we talk with people, you know, we're bringing this need, and we bring it to you guys today. You know, we, we, need, we need prayer. We need people to um, advocate on our behalf, and we need funds. This is kind of the reality of our physical world, is that money is a thing. Um, people say, it's so expensive. Like, why would you, can't you go anywhere else? <laughs> can't you just go somewhere else? You know, like, it's easier yet to, it's more affordable. And yeah, we could. We totally could. I could change that right now and say, hey, let's go somewhere way easier and just kind of plan to go like in two months and we'll be there. But the thing is, um, we, we, we know God has called us here and we have that confirmation. And we've learned over time that as disciples, as we are called in Christ, we remain faithful to what God has put in front of us. And until he deter, deters us and points elsewhere, we remain committed to this goal. Um, and I want to mention that a little bit later, and, and that's kind of an important piece of the scripture we're going to get into. Um, but I just want to show you some photos real quick. I'm um, just a refresher. Some of you have already seen these. Um, we're kind of breeze through these a little bit. Um, this is the country that we work in. Um, travel is expensive because our refugee camp is only accessible by plane. So you've got to pay for the plane, the pilot, the fuel every time you fly there. Um, and we travel a couple times a year, so it gets a little expensive. Um, that's where we live. It's very beautiful looking. That's me and Ezra. You can go to the next slide there. Um, this is a picture of um, the refugee camp that we work in as we're on our way to church one Sunday. Um, it's a very hot, very high, very um, just arid place. Um, they do have food and stuff there, but it's a very limited um, amount of, of resources that are available. Uh, pretty poor community, kind of kind of what you'd think in a refugee camp. Um, very hot, super hot. Can't emphasize that enough, super hot. <laughs> um, but it's okay. Our kids made it. We made it. It was great. We were there for six weeks. The kids were fantastic. So they got this. Uh, I'm going to the next slide there. Uh, this is a photo of one of the churches in the refugee camps um, in one of the larger people groups that has some scripture. Um, and it's kind of a simple church. It's really kind of nice, actually. kind of keeps all the heat off. Um, you can go to the next slide. And it kind of just shows it inside. Um, it's a, a, this church is sponsored by the state church in the southern country that they're in. So this is, um, they have kind of their own kind of process there a little bit. And when we plant churches, we aren't looking to impart a certain format, right? We're looking to work within what's there or to let them kind of develop their church format according to scripture in the way it seems best for the people group. Um, and we're happy to come alongside them and, and help encourage and, and develop and support their pastors and help teach them and give them more scripture and resources to make them healthier. Um, but we also just enjoy being with them and enjoying just kind of their, their vibrancy. And um, our kids love their music. We love it too. So it's a good time. Um, go to the next slide. Uh, this is the airport. We, we travel a lot. Um, it's not airport, right? Um, we're just checking into the back of a truck. Um, that's kind of what it looks like for us when we travel. It's kind of dirt roads and, and lots of backpacks. Um, we go to the next slide. Um, this is one of the more encouraging parts of where we're at right now. We've been in a long process of getting to the field, probably because of that whole sticker shock value, and it's taken a while, but 
we see signs that God is preparing us a work for us. This here is a photo of the ongoing construction of our home. We aren't even there yet, and, and there's a place being prepared for us because the resources have been provided for us to make that happen. Um, and it's, it's really simple. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's like tin roof and it's cement bricks and, you know, this is no, like, Hilton or anything, right? Um, it's really simple, but this is our home that God's preparing for us to go to when he's ready for us to go and to minister to these people, to bring his word to the nations. Um, and that this is a reminder that God is, is at work. And so we can just kind of leave, leave that there for now as we, we go forward. Um, that's just kind of a picture of, of where we work. It's, just, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's a costly area. It's not the most popular place in the world to go to. But we want to go because we know that God is true and he is sovereign. And he'll make a way. If he's called us, he will take care of the details and we just got to kind of just do what we can in the meantime and he'll take care of the rest. But I want, I want to get into the scripture a little bit because this idea of God's going to take care of it. He's going to make it happen. God's going to do what he intends to do. That's what we think about a lot in this work. Islam people groups are tough. Poverty is tough. Desperate nations are tough. Our budget is tough. But we remain convinced that God will do what he says he's going to do. So if you guys would, um, as a kind of in the last little bit of time in scripture, would you open to the book of Isaiah chapter 55? Isaiah is one of the prophets, one of the, one of the, the bigger books of prophets in the Old Testament. And the prophets are all a bit of doom and gloom a lot of times for the people of Israel. You know, he's, it's God calling his children saying, wake up, what are you doing? Like, come back. You know, you are so off course, come back. And Isaiah's got a lot of words from God to say for, for the people of Israel. But here's what I love about scripture, because God is, is such like a beautiful architect of, of history and, 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 and the word and everything. And the word is alive, it's, it's, it's Christ, right, the word. Is that the scripture is never just in the past, just in the present, just in the future. God is always speaking across all of time, very much in his nature. He, you know, he is eternal, he's, he's the past, present, future. He who was will come and, and is to be. Um, and he speaks that way as he speaks to his people. You know, he, t- he tucks in so many things. And in the, in the latter parts of Isaiah, the last um, six, seven chapters, it really kind of ramps up. You see a lot of the um, typologies of Christ show up where he talks about the one who was the land that was offered up to be slaughtered, who was beaten. And he, he talks to Israel about how I will, I will redeem you and I will bring to you people from all nations, from, from everywhere. You will, you'll be the, the star of, of the world. And he will give them a name better than any other name. You know, and for the Israelites at the time, they didn't really realize kind of like what all that meant. And you know, it's it kind of like, what does this part mean? What does that part mean? But God's calling us to be a great people is what it seems like. And we should return to that. But, but God's like tucking in these promises of the future as he's addressing the present and, and referring to their past actions. He's talking about the future. He's painting a picture of this nation with no borders, with, with, with no king besides God himself. And chapter 55, um, as Isaiah is, is um, writing, as God is speaking through him, in verse 10, um, there's, it, it reads here, um, 55, verse 10. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return me empty, 
but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I have sent it. My world go out and accomplish what it does. That's, in some ways, that's like the, the life verse of, of God in some ways. It's him saying, I will do all that I say I will do. I am the Alpha and Omega. I am, I am, the end is already written. We sang about that. The end is already written. I have seen it through. I will make it happen. This is who I am. God declares my word will do all that accomplishes it. Not part of it, not a little bit of it, not sometimes here and there, not in the way that you think, but I will do all that I have set out to accomplish. A firm promise from God. And again, they didn't, they didn't catch all the meaning of this. But God paints this picture throughout scripture of what he's going to do. And he keeps putting a stamp, a seal, a, a, a side note saying, I will do what I accomplish. I'll make it happen. And when we look at, at these things, we, we look at what's happening in our field right now. All these opportunities and, and these people groups who were never accessible before. And the opportunities we have there. You know, we see God working. We say, God will do what his word is set out to accomplish. He will bring them to him, not us. He will. I want to, I want to encourage you guys with this because this isn't just about our, our ministry and what's happening. And there's, there's, there's a call here for you as well as an encouragement. If you didn't know, in, in, our, in our current lifetime, there is, there is an effort among the Bible translation organizations of the world across strategic and denominational lines who've come together and said, hey, let's finish the task. By, by the year 11, or t- 11, 2035, um, and it's, it's on course so far from a, a measurement wise, by, by 2035, every language group in the world will have ongoing translation amongst them. Um, by 2050 every language group will have a New Testament so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth it shall not return to me empty Twenty fifty. It's supposedly on track. Again, translation is not the end, right? Trans- we talk about that. Great Commission talks about go therefore and into into all the nations, baptize the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all I commanded to you. Not translating all I commanded you, but teaching them. So it's, it's a, it doesn't stop with translation. But there there is a point coming where every people group will have access to scripture. New Testament, right? It's kind of, that's where Jesus is, or Jesus plainly, we see most plainly. The easiest scriptures to kind of get to know who Jesus is. And hopefully the rest will continue to be translated past that. But the New Testament, there will, there will be less reasons for people to not know who Jesus is. And that is amazing. A task that even, even, even 60 years ago, people thought it also take centuries to accomplish this. There are so many out there. But now it is, it is within 
about the next 25 years that we could see that. And if anything, it is a testimony that God is who he says he will be. That he will bring all nations to himself. And, and he, is, he is doing it. We are, we are seeing it happen. Not just in theory, but practically speaking. And, and so for me, as we approach this task with a dollar amount that I never imagined I would be pursuing for this work, we look at all these things and we can say, God is at work. And he will do it. Even if he changes our course at some point because of whatever, we trust that he's going to take us there. That he's going to do what he says he's going to do. That he's going to accomplish his work. Not because of us, but in spite of us. Whatever means he wants to. And the call for you is, God called us to go and teach them to obey. He called us to be a part of what he's doing. My, my hope today, as, as we kind of go over this, is that um, I don't know your lives and what God has in your lives. Maybe he's planted a seed in you for work that he wants for you. This, this is a huge work. It's, it requires administrators, um, uh, people to run budgets, can't remember the for them, people to do translations, to do, to do scripture impact, to do counseling with people, to process their hurts, to know who God is. Mechanics, care people for missionaries in the field, people at home and abroad of all ages and backgrounds to enter into the task to accomplish it. That's what he wants. That's what he intends, is to bring us into it. Because even if we didn't, he would make the rocks cry out. But he has brought us, you and me, into the process. So maybe he wants you to go. Maybe you're young and he's planning to see for you to, to want to go overseas or to go work in a church later in life and to, to think about that now. Maybe your careers are over, but he wants to call you back into his career. Maybe you have extra money in the bank that he's asking you to loosen your grip on. Not because I want your money or anything. I don't want to talk about money. But I want to see God's work done, no matter the sick or cost. And maybe that is what he's positioning you to do. Maybe he's gifted you with fervent prayer and wants you to give that time more to him for, for certain goals, to join him in that. And we have all these reasons for maybe the challenges, and we've got to kind of process that for sure. But my question for you is, is, what is, what is, what is the worth of it? What is the worth of it? There are two things that will last forever. In, in Isaiah, again, he mentions it's, it's the word of God. It will always remain. Christ, who is the word, will always remain. And we read in Matthew as well that the souls of, of God's people will remain forever with him in his kingdom. Those two things are eternal. And we know God's glory is there as well, but do those two things. Um, and Jesus has words for us on that. You don't have to turn there. It'll be, be quick, but... Um, Matthew chapter 25, verse 46. We get that um, story that you might be um, familiar with where Jesus is telling, telling a parable about what are your treasures? What is your value in? What will you invest in? What worth will you, you make of what you have? What, did I have the wrong scripture there? 
Oh, I apologize, I wrote the wrong one. Um, but we can go without that. Jesus tells a, parable, a, a story of, of, of where, where are your treasures? Of, of a man who stored up his storehouses with, with all grains and, and resources, but eventually it, it, it wasted away or, or a storm took it away. And he asked where, where your treasure is, that's, that shows where your heart is, where your value is in. The man who built the storehouses was trying to preserve his future, trying to preserve all that he had by holding on to it. But in the end, he goes away, and who knows when he passes away, and it'll go away after him. But the true value is in the kingdom of heaven, in bringing that to Jesus. And I love how it kind of Paul sums up what we have waiting for us in that. And this one I do have correct. So. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 and 18, Paul's, Paul's referring to the, the struggles the apostles and others like him suffer for the sake of the gospel, the, the, the persecution and the hurt. And we're not with the persecution, but you know, we're, we're remaining in a season that we don't want to be in, trying to raise funds. We won't be there now. Um, so we kind of relate to this in some ways, but Paul describes, he says, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal way of glory beyond all comparison. Some grand words. As we, look, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are seen are eternal, or unseen are eternal. Referring to the kingdom of heaven, God's glory, the, the promise of eternal life with him. Your cars will go away, your clothes will go away, our bodies will go away, but of heaven, God's glory, the word among us will remain. And so, we bear needs to you, and we hope, we hope God calls you partner with us in some way, but we also hope more than that, that you find how to be obedient to whatever call God has placed upon you. And even beyond all that, to simply give God glory and praise for what he is doing. For that is, is our goal, is to bring glory to Christ through sharing his word, through knowing him, through being obedient. So with that, I want to pray for us as we, as we, we close. Um, as I mentioned, we're going to be hanging out in the gym over here later on. We love to talk to you guys. If you have questions or um, want to hear more about kind of what's going on with all this other stuff I mentioned. Um, but we're, we're just grateful to be among you and to be partners with you in this work and that we're seeing happen in the world and that God is doing. So thank you for, for being a part of that and having us here today.